Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to our sanctuary, a sanctuary for skeptics and doubters, a place where you can ask your questions and be treated with respect. Christians themselves who already believe in the Bible have many questions. Naturally, those who aren't convinced of Scripture have questions of their own. I am happy to take either question if there's an answer. Sometimes we deal with mysteries that are not entirely explained. Such is the case today, but I do think you'll hear a few things that are helpful. Let's begin. So, you'd like to believe in God, but even if you did accept the idea that the universe has some kind of creator, you are convinced it would be a different God than the God described in the Bible. This is because the Bible doesn't talk about one God, it talks about three gods. And yet it also talks about there being only one God. This is a contradiction to you. This should be a contradiction to any thinking person. You've heard Christians call this God the Trinity, and yet they claim that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, somehow three different persons, are all the same person, or at least all the same God, and exist in one Godhead. Another problem you have with the Bible, completely unrelated, and yet it does get into the mysteries of the cosmos, the Bible portrays a loving God. Exactly how can that be? The Bible says God existed for all of eternity, and yet this same God is loving. Human beings are finite. We were created. Therefore, there was a time we did not exist. God was the only one who existed. God was a loving God in eternity past. But how exactly could God have been loving if there was no object of his love? He's eternally loving by nature. Who does he love? Human beings aren't around yet. You could say, okay, he became loving after he created human beings. He created them and then he loved them or he decided ahead of time that he wanted people to love. But love does not exist without another person, without an object of your love. My friend, maybe you're not catching the subtlety here, but both of your questions actually address each other. This question of God being eternally loving is answered in the Trinity even though the Trinity is obviously a mystery. Okay, let's back up and take a deep breath. First, whether you believe it, whether you choose not to believe it, the Trinity is a teaching in the Bible. The Bible does teach that there is a Trinity. No, you will not find the actual word Trinity in Scripture, and people make a big deal out of that. But just because you don't find the word Trinity doesn't mean the Trinity isn't taught. The concept is taught. The truth is taught. The facts are revealed. Not facts which explain the Trinity, but facts which tell us that there is indeed a Trinity. That is the question right now. Whether you believe it, whether you don't believe it, whether you find it too incomprehensible, is this in fact what the Bible teaches? The answer is a resounding yes. In Scripture, we read about three different persons, and all three of them are called God. There is God the Father. He's called God frequently. There is the second person of the Trinity who was originally called God the Word, meaning the person of the Trinity who most often manifested himself to people. That phrase word in ancient Greek meant more than a written word or a spoken word. This person of the Trinity, God the Word, 
emptied himself from the form of deity, the power of deity, came to earth, born through a virgin, became a living human being, a real human being, and he's now referred to as God the Son. So we have God the Father, we have God the Son, the third person of the Trinity known as the Spirit or the Holy Spirit is also clearly identified as God. Throughout the Bible, all three persons at different times are identified without doubt as God, and yet this very same Bible in other places clearly teaches that there is only one God. We don't have a bunch of gods in the universe. There is only one God. Well, if there is only one God, and if these three different persons are identified as this one God, then somehow, even though it's a mystery to us how it works, somehow these three persons make up one God. God is three, and yet God is also one. Now, I just referred to a lot of scripture in the abstract. I do have another podcast where I go through with detail and show these different Bible passages which talk about there being one God, which called Jesus God, which called the Father God, which called the Holy Spirit God. I'm not going to repeat all that today because you can still listen to this podcast. It's still posted. It's called Did Jesus Really Claim to Be God? But even though that's the title keying in on Jesus, it really goes into the whole Trinity. That's in the New Testament. I have another podcast you can also listen to, also still posted, about the Trinity being found even in the Old Testament. So I won't get into all that again today, but for today, I want to take you to a fascinating account in the Gospel of Matthew. We can read this account in other Gospels too, but I'm reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Just to set up the context, Jesus, before starting his three-year ministry, and he's about ready to begin, at the commencement of his ministry in Judea and Galilee, he went to the River Jordan and was baptized by a prophet named John. It was After Jesus was baptized that the fun began, at least for anybody in the crowd watching. And John was very popular. A lot of people had no idea who Jesus was at this point, but John was extremely popular. There had not been a prophet in Israel for 400 years. Now we had one. You gotta believe this was the biggest deal in town. There were a lot of witnesses. And after Jesus was baptized, here's what happened. I'm reading from Matthew. Chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Okay, now first about the dove. Obviously, the Holy Spirit isn't a bird. This was a manifestation. We're told that the Spirit is invisible to us, that he moves like the wind. And yet God wanted this to be a witness. So this is what's known as a theophany, a manifestation, something that looked like a dove came upon Jesus and then kind of dissipated, went inside of him. They were looking at the Holy Spirit, the best the Holy Spirit can allow himself to be looked at. But my friends, think about this on that 
day for one incredible moment to anyone in the crowd watching or listening. The three persons of the Trinity are witnessed interacting. There's Jesus, the one being baptized. There's the Holy Spirit coming upon him. And then a voice from heaven saying, this is my son. Well, if this is his son, then the voice is the Father. Now, again, this is not explained how God is three yet one any more than the existence of God for all of eternity can be explained. But think about this, and I mean this respectfully, and I had to challenge myself in this area too. When we tell ourselves that unless we understand how God does everything, unless we understand all the secrets to God's existence, God cannot possibly exist. When we tell ourselves that, isn't it just a tad bit on the arrogant side? Haven't the advancements of science over the years shown us that there are all kinds of things we don't understand in time they get revealed? Now, here's the other question that I put out at the beginning that is often asked. How can God be eternally loving if there was no object of his love? I want to here give credit to the brilliant late philosopher and Christian apologist Francis Schaeffer. He addressed this and he said, and it makes so much sense, the Trinity solves that problem. Maybe you don't understand how the Trinity exists, my friend, but it answers your other question. How could God be eternally loving long before there were human beings to love? Because the three persons of the Trinity loved each other. They were able to be eternally loving. This is Bob Siegel with a little help from Francis Schaefer making, well, maybe we're not making how the Trinity works obvious, but we're making how God can be loving obvious. And we're making the fact that there's a lot about God we don't understand, but a lot about God he's still revealed in the scripture. We're at least making that obvious.